Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, welcome in another episode, Ain't No Seeds podcast. And boys, as that countdown was just going, I was thinking back when the last time we recorded was, and I realized it was a pregame, our first ever pregame show before texas tech uh and so we have not been on here since the absolute beatdown the hawks took at texas tech but luckily we get more than just that to talk about because we did have some positivity happen on saturday with a great second half and a rare rare road win for the kansas basketball Jayhawks so clap it up uh shout out to them I don't Woo! I think the, <laughs> I think the theme of this pod I don't I don't know I think I'm trying to I'm still having a really hard time deciding if I can buy in on this team I tweeted yesterday morning before the game like it's really hard I can't quit this team because if you got the one Saturday, which we did, and then you got two home games coming up, and then you got a game at Waco, it's like, uh, they could rattle off four straight. And then you got, I mean, all of a sudden, uh-oh, did I just lose you guys? Nope, we're good. No, you're you good. Guys, you froze on me. But so let's just start with that. Are, where are we at on this team? Did Did Saturday, I mean, obviously Monday is as bad as it gets, but – no McCuller. The team was exhausted. Yeah. Saturday, we look better. I guess, tell me how much each of you took away from Saturday from a standpoint of thinking this team has maybe started to turn a corner. Yeah, obviously, the first half was really ugly. Um, they were down double digits with, I think they, they were down 11 with 205 left. And then they kind of got a spark from Jamari McDowell, who a lot of KU fans like and think should play more. He, kind of changed that game honestly going into half just giving KU some momentum he got an offensive board off Dewan's missed three and then elite um, possession defensively to end the half they cut it to they cut it to five so they were down double digits with two minutes left cut it to five had some momentum going into halftime so I was feeling good about them winning um, it was it was definitely ugly in the second half both teams couldn't score so I still feel – I've said it, I still feel fine about the starting five. I don't think you look around the country at a bunch of teams, there's really not a lot of teams that are crazy deep. You play six, seven guys, there's not like electric scores that come off the bench throughout college hoops. So still obviously worried about the depth, but I think we kind of had a feeling that the depth would be an issue going into the year. When you lose – you obviously lose Arterio. We knew we wouldn't be deep. Obviously, didn't think El Marco and Timberlake would be as kind of bad as they've been, but um, I still I still feel fine. I think it's going to take – you're going to need some injury luck. You're going to need to stay out of foul trouble in the tournament. But I don't know if you guys agree with that, but there's not a lot of teams throughout the country that are very deep. So 
I still feel fine about the starting five, top 10 defense on Ken Palm. I truly don't think we're the 46th worst offense in the country. I know it might look like that at some points, but I, I still think this team's fine, and I'm still feeling fine about their chances going forward. A.B.? I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I disagree. I'm quite worried about it. And we've talked about it a little bit, but the offense to me, even though statistically and just name value of the starting five sounds awesome. You start naming the guys and it's like, yeah, this team should be really fucking good. They don't work together in my eyes. Like, and that's something that they've dealt with all season. They go in stretches where they look awesome. Most of those stretches are at Allen Fieldhouse, which I've been saying we can't take much out of those games at Allen because it's just a different sport in that building. Um, but even after yesterday, man, like unless McCuller can start being significantly more efficient and maybe even like smarter with the shots that he's taking, I've I can't tell you the last time I was that upset with a star player on KU in a long time. Like it was truly I, I threw my phone at one point. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like the three he took he took two threes in like a two minute stretch where he was just standing on the wing guarded and he just pulled up with 15 seconds on the shot clock. And I was like, dude, like, no, no, stop it. Like, please stop. I'm begging you to stop. I think it's four of his last five games, if you take out the Houston game, dude, he's missed double-digit shots. It's like – and I know we kind of got to ride or die with him because he's our second-best option scoring. And then if we move to Hunter, I have some problems with him too because even though if he's putting up 20, it just feels like he's got zero confidence in a jumper. He's not – he hasn't been the big, strong, tough, and I know that's not really his style. He's a finesse dude, but it gets frustrating watching a seven foot two guy just trying to like fade away and put up this soft hook off like the backboard and going like it just there are problems with the stars of this team that I'm taking away. And then like just the main question of I don't know that they're a fit together, even though they're all pretty good at the sport of basketball. So I don't, yeah. I don't feel any better. Or I didn't. I didn't feel any worse after Monday when they got blown out, and I don't feel any better about them after the win yesterday. I just kind yeah. of think Monday was a bad spot, and yesterday Oklahoma. I just I'm not that high on Oklahoma at all. Plus, and that's the other thing. Oklahoma had two guys that were out, and we still kind of for the first 30 minutes struggled to look competent. Even first yeah. half was ugly, and I I don't know. Like I it's it was one of those wins where yeah I'm excited that they finally won a game on the road, but lordy. Was I like, just get through the end of the game because this is not making me feel any better about this team. Yeah, I don't think I'm taking the win as like, gosh, yes, we beat OU on the road. What a win. But mm -hmm. I am taking it as like a, you know, when a, when a shooter's in a slump and you're just like, he's got to see one go in. He's got to see one go in. I feel like we just needed to have that feeling in a road locker room of, you know, there's nothing better than winning on the road in conference play. And I think these guys just kind of needed to feel that and get that kind of confidence and Kansas swagger back. I don't know the best way mm -hmm. to say that, but like that's what Bill Self has done forever is he wins on the road. So it's been very weird and it almost feels like it's been a mental thing with this team on top of just not being like you said, AB. And like that's the problem I also have with getting bought in on this team. You know, I was tweeting out Monday that – this team does share similarities to the 2019 Kansas team. Um, you know, you mentioned Hunter. He's very similar to Diedrich. He can fill up the stats. He can go get you 20 and 15. But outside of that, how does Hunter really affect the game? Not a lot. Um, you talk about, oh, Marco not living up to the hype. You have the Grimes comparison there. And 
the Furphy and Ochai getting his red shirt pulled comparisons and the injury with Doak. And, but I'll say this. As we were in meltdown mode on Monday, I was making that comparison because it's fun and it was just like, let's get as negative and let's meltdown as much as possible. The difference being, we got our star back. Kevin is back. Doak wasn't coming back. Vic left that team. Uh, so, like, it's it's fun, I guess, not fun, but it is interesting to look back and compare the two teams. But it's really not that close because of the fact that you are getting McCuller back. The question is, though, just because McCuller's back, is is he healthy? Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's not healthy, but, like, can he get fully healthy? Because I think, like you said, the two threes he took from the corner, the elbow, just out of nowhere, I think was him just not being healthy and not wanting to attack the rim, and so he settled for a jumper. Um, so, But why does he have to settle for a jumper instead of passing it to some? Like, that, that was my biggest thing. Like, if you're not healthy, yeah. don't – fucking hurt the whole team and the whole fan base, which is, I felt like he was actively trying to do at points yesterday. Um, obviously not, but I don't know. I, I will say this. There's a direct correlation when Furphy's shooting well into when he's not shooting well of how good the offense is. Yeah. Like he was yeah. what one for his, like one for his last 11 or something in the three or four games prior to yesterday. And he hit three, I believe yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He yeah. hit some big ones from the mm-hmm. corner. Um, Kev, obviously he looked about 80% to me. And I feel like I'm sure he thinks there's a ton of pressure on him to score it because the guys around him aren't really a threat to do that. Obviously, you got Hunter, who they try to force feed all the time. KJ's been solid, obviously, um, besides that tech. So I feel like, Kev, there's probably a lot of pressure on him to really be the man and obviously take that next step and get drafted this summer. So I feel like that does come into effect with the shot selection. Um, But I don't think he's close to healthy right now. And – I was just looking. He's 17 for his last 56 from three, which sounds awful, but it's still 30. Oh, percent That was his field goal percentage. Um, so he's had a he's had a rough stretch, but I really do think he was playing. I don't know how long he's been playing through injury, but he obviously sat against Oklahoma State, and then right after the K State game where he stunk, couldn't make free throws, he sat the next game too. So he's probably been playing through whatever injury is nagging him now for a while. Um, and I think once he's 100%, he'll be fine. Feels like a guy that could have a great march. Um, so I, I think once he's 100%, they'll be fine. But, yeah, we need um, – what did you guys think about Dewan from an offensive standpoint? He obviously didn't shoot it very well, but for Dewan, to take, for Dewan to take 12 field goal attempts, that's kind of what we talked about, how we need him to be aggressive and defenses to kind of respect him. And OU sagged off, but he kept firing. I love it because, yeah, 4-12 from the field, but the 1-3 he made kind of sparked the entire uh, – that kind of got us going in the second half. He makes a three. I think McCuller then made a three, and then Furphy makes three a few plays later. So, like, that's what he's got to do. We needed a shot at that point, and he just stepped into one, and he made it. So I am fully okay. I don't think he's going to go 4-12 every game. Um, but I think Dewan I know he only had, like, one steal, but it does feel like he's – doing those vintage Dewan, getting his hands on the on on the ball and I I don't know what how did he KJ's dunk that he got was that a yeah. KJ steal or was that Dewan's one steal Dewan kind of pressured him and then he the guy got the ball back KJ stole it and dunked it yeah. on so it's away. like those things that I think Dewan's doing more of where I I kind of felt like he wasn't so I've been very happy with what Dewan. I mean, eleven and yeah. seven. It's kind of what we've said. Like if we get eleven and seven out of Dewan, this team 
could make a run in March, I think. Yeah, uh, and also people get upset with him, and I know we lost this game, but um, at K-State he made some winning plays down the stretch where I thought KU might pull this one out. At or against Baylor at home, where he's on a twisted ankle, barely moving. He hit clutch free throws. He hit a clutch um, floater. And then yesterday, he made some big plays down the stretch, too. So as long as he does that, he's good down the stretch, taking care of the ball. Like When we have leads, breaking presses, knocking down free throws, he's been pretty good from the line. Um, so I, I feel good about that. Hunter, I guess shooting-wise, A.B., we've talked about this for a little bit. Manhattan, he had a ton that were in and out, but then Lubbock. He airballed one like five feet short. He's two for his last 23 from three, which is, yeah, so I, believe, I think, eight or nine percent. AB, AB, you said you're like kind of, I guess, I can't remember what you said out on Hunter's shot. No. I actually think, well, I don't know what you said then, but I, I think Hunter's going to turn it around and like start making a lot of mid range jumpers. I think this has been very fluky. I think the beginning well, of the year was all. Fluky. I right. think he's going to kind of get back to what he is here in a few weeks. What's more I... fluky, though? Because both of them were long stretches of basketball. It felt like the first half of the season he was awesome, conference play hit, and he just, like Braden said, 2 of 23 in conference play. And it's like if it was a game-to-game thing or one game he was 3 for 4 from 3 and hit a couple mid-range, and then the next game he was like 0 for 5 mid-range and 3-point combined, like I would feel a little more confident. But it also just feels like, I've seen it for two months straight at this point. I have a hard time seeing it turn around on the snap of a finger, but I could be wrong. I mean, basketball's weird. Guys go through stretches and you I guess, impossible yeah. to predict, but like, I don't know. It's just been so prolonged at this point that I don't, I almost wonder if he's adding pressure to himself and like overthinking the shots he's taking, because it's like he, if he stays down low the entire time, it takes KJ out almost. It takes Dewan out a little bit. Like it, kind of stops the whole offense from running but when he's open he's got to shoot it I almost wonder if he's just in his head and it's a mental thing because he's been a good shooter for his whole career so I don't know it's frustrating it changes the dynamic um just overall but I I think out of everything and I don't know what like what we would say a goal for Hunter's shooting percentage would be and I'm not too concerned about the threes like I probably want Hunter taking one or two max per game. Mm -hmm. But my thing is like the mid range, because that to me is what he really needs to have. Because like you said, and we've talked about all year, him and KJ, it's a weird fit. It feels like it hurts Hunter's ability sometimes to get easy looks really inside the paint. So I think he has been settling for a lot of the mid range because that's where he gets the most space. And if he's not making that shot, then I am worried. I just, I think he'll, I think he'll get to a point where he's making it enough to where I can, you know, I think I trust him with it. I'd be interested to see what his percentage was for the whole year at Michigan on like mid range shots like that. But I'm sure someone uh, has that. I also wish he was a little bit better of a passer or more open to passing. So I feel like once he catches the ball within six feet, doesn't matter if it's taking him one second or eight seconds, he's going to find a way to go up and get a shot off. Which it's not the worst thing in the world, but guys are going to start collapsing on him if he kicks out to fur for a color. Hopefully, get an open shot. Like, yeah, I don't know, but I, that's but, uh, part of my frustration too with, uh, with guys, the big boy. Do you guys think Jamari deserves more minutes, or is it kind of just to a point where he's probably going to play a lot in the future? Um, <laughs> I mean, he does. He gives good minutes. He, he doesn't really upset you. He doesn't make mistakes. He plays hard. Um, uh, he seems poised. I'll say this. I have a hard time under like 
I am so out on El Marco right now. Like I just so it's like to me, it's like if you told me McDowell, if you start giving McDowell oh Marco's minutes, like my feelings aren't gonna be hurt. I still weirdly like Nick Timberlake, he's just got a stranglehold on me. I still have this belief that he can start making threes. I just I don't think El Marco can. So I really struggle to see where El Marco at all is needed. Um but yeah, I I, I don't think it is hilarious looking at the minutes that our uh, bench played. Yeah. Saturday four, so Jamari played four, El Marco played four, Parker played four, and Nick played ten. So just straight up was like in the second yeah, half too. We'll I think you. they played six combined minutes on the bench, and, <laughs> and I think also, it was when it was it McCullough that got in foul trouble late in the second half, or like ten minutes left in the second half or something. Uh, maybe I think uh, Kevin went. Out, Kevin came out for sure for a few minutes because oh we yeah he had, he had four. Yeah, so like that must have been all of them. <laughs> we've talked about the bench and how at this point we don't even need these guys to come in and be insane scoring threats. We need them to come in and just give good minutes, spell the starters good minutes like Parker does. Parker, absolutely an option off the bench, and then maybe one of Jamari and Timberlake. But I was talking about it yesterday with a couple friends. In March, they always talk about how the timeouts are longer. These guys are getting more rest. Like you're gonna go um, with your top guys. Like they're gonna play obviously 35 yeah. ish minutes. So yeah, I worry about the bench, but I'm also looking at box scores from like all the top ranked teams in the country last night. And there's just you play six or seven guys. Like I I really like North Carolina. They have a really good point guard. Obviously Baycott's been there since 2012. They got so they have two studs. But you look at their bench. They're lucky to play a six guy every night more than like 10 minutes. So I know. So there's not teams that are crazy deep. So but, I, I know we worry about the bench, but. But I think what like I'm, I, yes, I had been very worried about the bench, but I have now just accepted like the bench is what it is. And I know that KU can win in March without a bench, but now my fear and like a V said at the jump, like, I just I don't know if I'm all in on this starting five. The names are there. The experience is there. But it's Who do you just, worry about right now? It's like it's not a personal. It's it's. Oh, I get it. It's not that I personally worry about any of these players. It's more that I just pers. I worry about how they all can play together. Like yeah. it just feels like Dewan hurts McCuller or McCuller hurts Dewan because they're both not huge outside threats, and then KJ hurts Hunter because KJ's got to be in the paint and his guys can just sag off and help. And it's stuff we've said all year, but like, I think that's where I'm having trouble getting really all the way bought back in is because I convinced myself, Oh, they'll figure something out. They'll start to, you know, see better spacing. The offense will continue to get better. And it's just like, it really hasn't even with, I guess Furphy has added him being able to like, it is, it's still crazy to think about this team was beating UConn and the teams we beat with El Marco starting. Like it, it's crazy to think about. Even I know it's the Allen Fieldhouse effect, but you play the best defense in the country and you're just cooking. Even Kevin, that game when he's going through his slump, I believe he was seven for eight from the floor. So yeah, I know it's Allen. We always play 10 times better there, but that's the best defense in the country, no matter what. And you shoot it like 60% from the floor. So they've shown they're capable I think that they show up for the bigger games. I know on the road that hasn't really been true, but 
I still, I think, I think it could give them some confidence going forward that they won a gritty game on the road. I know OU is missing some guys, but they still have their best players playing. And it kind of seemed late towards the end of the first half, like, here we go again. They're going to get pumped on the road. They're down 11 and they found a way to end up winning by double digits. So I hope that gives them some confidence going forward because they have two really tough road games um, in these last five games. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if you guys listen to much of Bill's post game, but you know he said he was talking about you know getting a road win, and now you've got we've got a week off, which I think is sneaky, very, very, very needed, and will like be something I could see us go looking back on being like that week is where everything kind of changed. Like, but Bill said. You know, you go and you get, you find a way to win these two home games. And then he said the classic, I love when he says it, but he's like, you're going to have a really turned up team going into those final three games because they're big. He was like, those are big games that we've got late in the year. And it just kind of made me feel like Bill knows that we, he gets a week with these guys, no games. They can truly lock in on like with practice. And then they get two home games, which they're going to be like Texas. They should be five plus point favorites and BYU. Oh, yeah. So like they should be, you know, knock on wood, but they should win the two home games. And then it's like, I kind of have a feeling <laughs> Bill thinks this team could very much go in and, and win at Baylor. And yeah. So I'm sitting here looking at, sorry, but I'm sitting here looking at 12 and six. I know you'd have to win one of those tough road games, but when these next four, and you're, I think you're probably playing for a share at Houston. Yeah, I know they got to lose one more, but I would say the goal is to wrap up Big 12 play at four and one. You finished through this really tough league, 12 and six. If I said that, like after Monday night when we lose by 30, I think anyone would take that. So I, I think it's very likely that game at Baylor is at least a tight game. So I, I think it's pretty realistic. You finish four and one, hopefully worst case three and two, because you should win all three games at home. That's just the mindset as a KU fan. Yeah. So I want to talk about the whole Big 12 race because I'm disgusted at Iowa, Iowa State's schedule and how easy it is. Like they're going to win the league, but I don't want to get off. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to know, AB, real quick. So, like, I keep saying, and I tweet it out, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm all in on this team. I don't know if I'm fully bought in. But, like, I was then thinking, like, what does that really mean? What does it mean for us to be bought in? Does that mean we think, like, is that as simple as they can win a national title? I think when I say it, it's more along the lines of, like, I don't, I think this team can go make a Final Four run. Like, I can visualize a Final Four run. Where do, when you're thinking along those lines, or both of you can answer this question, but like when we're talking about whether we like the team or we're bought in on the team, what does that mean to you? I think to me, it, it feels like an interview question. Um, to me, it's like simply just a confidence thing. Like going into Selection Sunday, it's usually a 50-50 of if I am locked the fuck in, I know exactly who I want in the region. I know exactly where I want to go. I know exactly who I do want to see, who I don't want to see, this and that. And then there's other years where it's like, I'm excited for the selection show and I'm excited to see where they go, but I'm not super confident because I feel like anyone can grab us. It's kind of how I felt last year. 2022, if you remember back to that, we're like, boys, give us Providence. I mean, give us we Iowa. 
Give us Auburn. Give us yeah. Give us all these teams. Yeah, and Auburn. it's because at the end of the day, regardless of how confident you are, the team it comes down to the bracket draw. Like I know you wanted like, you wanted Iowa too. I believe we got Iowa. Yeah, we did. I mean, people forget how actually awesome it was for us to be doing a live reaction and us just basically celebrating like we won a national title when we saw our draw. Because we were so convinced that bracket was going to be an absolute nightmare. I, I think this year we need to go They're live. We need to go live on YouTube during the selection show. Just oh, yeah. to get, I just want to have recorded evidence of our feelings when we see our name pop up. Because last year, my biggest regret of this show's history is not having three cameras in front of our three faces when we saw Houston pop up in the Midwest. When we saw four because eyes talking about Houston. <laughs> it, it was... Uh, but anyways, it's regardless, it's either going to be so but every every time we have can't back in 2019 during the tournament draw, we still tweet out that video every selection Sunday of me slapping my belly and going nuts. <laughs> Do you think I was going to say something else? Yeah, yeah, it's rated PG, baby. Uh, a little below my belly. And then like. You know, it's just that's the kind of stuff that I think is just pure electricity. Um, oh, so I don't man. really know where else I'm going, but it's it at the end of the day to answer yeah, questions. Yeah. It's simply a confidence thing, and a can you picture it? Can you picture X player on the stand with the net around his neck celebrating the regional championship? There's nothing funnier than our episode talking about the teams we didn't want, and it was every single team that was in our region it after was, getting shafted on what region we were in, and then getting shafted on teams. It was like. Chris Reynolds listened to our podcast and walked yeah. in there and was like, all right, folks, here's what we're going to do. We're it had to be like all a, these teams. It had to be like a million to one shot too, that we were going to get that bracket. Seriously. Like, how, of all the team, team the nine everyone. seed we didn't want was the nine seed. We ended up losing to like or the eight seed or whatever they were like every single team that was a bad draw for Kansas was insane. Like I mean, thinking back to 2022 is crazy too, because we obviously wanted Creighton to win, and then Creighton just takes us down to the wire. Yeah. And the national champion usually finds a way to just squeak by, but it just it brings me to a lot of KU fans this year are just like, oh, this team, it's the worst in the Bill Self era. Like, they'll be so lucky to make the second weekend. It's like I just feel like our fans need to sit back and just enjoy it with Coach Self and – it's like God. Every after every loss, it's the end of the uh, world. And well, the, I, second uh, weekend, it's like yeah, forty-eight teams don't make the second weekend. Like it's really <laughs> tough to do, no matter what seed you are. This team's sitting there on the two line with wins over the one and two, one and two teams on Ken Palm, the fifth ranked team on Ken Palm. It's still the same roster that beat all those teams. Yeah, some of them were at Allen Fieldhouse. One of them was in Maui, coming off twenty-four, like twelve hours of rest. And obviously one of our players was going through a tragedy. So this team has shown they're gritty and they've beaten a lot of good teams. Like, I just want to sit back and enjoy it. I know losing sucks and our fans expect us to go 40 and oh, but it's like, dude, they're sitting on the two line with some really good wins. Yeah. I, I do think it's very funny. Well, one, the fan base has gotten way too obsessed with saying worst team of the self era. Like, what <laughs> do we, why do we have to say that every oh, year? Brother. It's because it's just, Never been worse than a four. I'm telling you, 2021 was bad. Like, we forget 2021, but, and I know that was a weird year. But anyways, I don't want to talk too. That, <laughs> that team was bad. Uh, the but thing what that's I want to say, been, go ahead. The thing that's been kind of in my head today has been, 
is this team that much better than that team? And I know like I'm off and on here, but like would this team pump 21? I know they weren't amazing, but you still had Big Dave, you still had Oach, CB. Yeah, but it was just those guys just weren't quite there yet. And you want to talk about a team that fit didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like Marcus, Marcus Garrett as a point guard, and you're surrounding yeah. him like CB. I mean, CB's what a good spread shooter, be? but I think this team's probably on a neutral floor, like three and a half point favorites. I mean, by the way, I don't exactly. think this team's a wagon. And I, I just, I think we're talking, we're talking self teams. Like, I, when I say a team was bad, that's in Bill self standards. It's just that team. Anytime that team was on the floor, I, I was not like convinced we could win. I think we have a Ken Palm update coming from Mr. Bax. Oh, yeah, I God. just I went back to look at like both the 21 team and this team's like adjusted oh, efficiency as a whole, uh, his like main ranking. And it's there, they ain't that far apart, boys. They ain't that far apart. But now, again, like that was a weird year. I do think this team's probably a good four and a half point favorite over that team, at least. Like, and it, like, but like, just think what DeWan would do to Marcus Garrett on obviously, they're both great defenders, but just in terms of fit positionally, they have such a point guard advantage that, yeah, I don't think the rest of it really matters. And it's easy to look back at that 2021 team and be like, well, they had CB and Dave exactly and Oach, and it's like, I was gonna say. And it's but, like I, sure, but that was like before Dave they were was the most awesome. hated player in Kansas yeah. history at that time, and yeah, like, you were about Oach to cut was, your foot off. Oh, yeah, and the, Oach and the bench like, stunk, kind of like this year's team. So, can you guys guess who the second who Ken Palm had as the second best contributor on that KU team? Joe, yes, I do. Uh, Just kidding. He wasn't uh, on that team. Who came off our bench that year? Uh, Tristan. <laughs> not that's not the guy. I was just trying to name guys. Uh, Bryce Thompson, Mitch. <laughs> Tyon Grant Foster. That was the uh, so he has it split up. Go to guys was David McCormick. Major contributors is Tyon Grant Foster before it gets to significant. How he didn't even play. That's why I'm confused too. It says he was used in 24 to 28 percent of possessions, but oh, like, well, of his possessions, I, mean, I think when he got the ball, he shot <laughs> and yeah, he had that he one only played really good game. 14% I mean, I just – I don't think this is the Kev we're going to get going forward. I think we're going to get good Kev. He's going to be healthy. We're going to be in every game. Like, they – I know it sucks, and I think the issue has been on the road. And I know some of the games in the tournament, you'll have crowds against you, but are they really true road games? Like, you're on a neutral floor. I'm not trying to sit here and, like, talk people into it, but I feel like we're one or two road games where we just kind of shit the bed from – people still being in on this team. Like, yeah, you, you you lose to UCF, you lose to West Virginia. I still feel like the West Virginia and Iowa State games were just so fluky to me. They made so many jumpers. Iowa State's making garbage threes at the end of the shot clock where there had been games where they hardly make any threes at all. I didn't think we played that bad in both those arenas. It just came down to pretty much I, getting offensive boards at West Foss. So. I agree. More like fluky shooting performances has happened against this team. But I'm just laughing looking at the 2021 roster. I mean, timeout. Tr- 20 seconds timeout. Jostle. You did not miss this. It's coming up. Just a little preview. We'll get back to that in a few minutes. Glad someone said that. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this roster is hilarious. And here's why I, I am always going to be sold on this being the worst team of the self-era is because after we lost to USC, self goes to his press conference and he's like, we got to get athletic. We got to get guys. And he basically just was like, 
it sounded like he was ready to cut every single person on the team. Like it, it, it was the most fed up I think self had ever been and the most disappointed he had ever been with a that, roster he put together. Looking back at that quote, it's almost wild how everything worked out though, because he didn't really overhaul the roster. He brought back three or four starters. I can't remember who all actually started that year, Remy. but like, yeah, he got Remy. Other than that though, it was the same. I mean, you look at the guys that played in the championship, Mitch, Dave, um, yeah, like but coach like they, they were, were Jalen. They're all guys that played the year before. He really brought in Remy, and that was about it. Who was kind? I but mean, I also March think when was he said that they he were didn't looking to be a one guy back, so he's sitting there thinking like, it ain't gonna be Bryce Thompson that's replacing Ochai next year. I got to go find someone in the portal that's athletic. Um, Speaking so, of, someone asked if we think that uh, El Marco is transferring. <laughs> I don't see how he doesn't. I think we've seen it enough time in the portal era where we get a stud freshman come in, he doesn't live up to expectations, and he's gone. I mean, he'll have, he'll have an awesome career at Georgetown or some like some other school, like just like Quentin Grimes did with Houston, and just like Bryce Thompson's doing at Oklahoma State. It just feels very similar to that. I can't imagine we go into next year with both Dewan and El Marco in the roster. Who who are we like as a podcast? One hundred percent think we're losing besides kev obviously like are we is furphy gone you guys think he is i don't think furphy's gone because he can't he can't make money nil wise right we're going to mexico city he can make all (laughs) the bag he needs that day swear that's the move that's what that's kind of my point is like yeah kev's gone we think maybe furphy i have no idea but you're gonna get dewan back kj back probably get hunter back um you're gonna have to you have to go get a fucking go-to guy i was gonna say does that portal. excite you does that excite you guys going into next uh, year if, if we uh, run basically run it back how are we going to feel going into next year because this, this, team, this team is crazy 2022 team did that yeah, like, i know so like it's it's just like of... it's tough because before the year and even at parts during this year we're like we're fucking awesome like look at the guys on this team but man but we're having the same conversations in 2021 going into 2022. So. But let's say let's say you run back, and I, I can't believe we're about to get in like hypothetical lineups for next year. But <laughs> let's say you run it back and you replace Kevin with another good shooter, good scoring shooter. All of a sudden, this team makes a lot more sense because you have Dewan surrounded by uh, two shooters and Furphy and whoever we're bringing in this hypothetical man that I've made up. Uh, and then I guess you still have KJ and Hunter, which this is going to sound very bad, but like, man. I have a very hard time ever getting excited. Like I just can't find a roster where KJ makes a ton of sense fit wise. He's going to put up numbers. You have to have him on the floor. He's great, but it's really hard for him to make a ton of sense next to a guy like Hunter. I don't know. It, that That's what's frustrating though, too, is because last year we were having the opposite conversation where we're like, KJ can't be the center. KJ cannot be the only big guy on this team. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I just, I don't know what to do, but I don't, I don't want to get rid of him. He's a guy. Is he, yeah. Is he that big of an issue? I think, no, I mean, he's, besides he's, DeWan, he's not, he, he's not. Is he our best passer? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's like an energy standpoint. He's, awesome probably, he's probably like our third best guy at bringing the ball up the court, which is not but the, a good thing. But but the combo in this argument is just it's a good conversation because obviously KJ is not a crazy threat to score outside of 10 feet. 
and then you have Hunter posted up under the basket. So it is a good combo to have. But I was just I was thinking about who's going to be back because it's like if you're Bill Self, you bring back El Marco. If you don't think you can really trust him, you don't think he's going to be the player you thought he was, or do you go get a guy in the portal that you really like? See, that's where I'm actually – I don't know. As of t- – like two weeks ago, I was like, El Marco's going to be back. Like he played a lot of minutes. He – you know, he just needs one more year of development, but now it's getting so bad. He's so like, he's making such a little impact. It does feel like he may transfer, but did self is self maybe going to be a little like, I don't know. What's the word worried about (laughs) like scared of the transfer portal. I I had a much better word. I just can't think of it. Like, is he almost like cautious timid. on the train? Timid. timid. There it is. That's hey. what I wanted. Because uh, honestly, if he, if Arterio's playing or if you get any of those guys we've talked about that they were going after, is this roster, are we talking about this team completely differently? If you have a guard right now that's averaging like 15 a night next to Dewan, are we talking about this team differently? I know Johnny's been good. Well, so yeah, I, I mean. But then it gives you depth too. I just think, yeah, like that's my hope. That's the thing. Like, is he going to be worried about the transfer portal? Because the reason this team is in this spot is because of two swings and misses in the portal. Whereas, I mean, well, I guess the good news is, is if you go look at all our guys that transferred, like, it's not like Joe Yesif who's tearing it up at Washington state. And it's not like uh, these other guys did, but the thing that would suck is if you do this again, and then El, you you have El Marco leave, and the guy that you got in the portal has a Nick Timberlake type season, and El Marco then goes and has a solid year. Like I don't know. To we me, really, we really got a forty footer from Joe Yesfu and lost. No, just wetted it. I know. God, <laughs> dude. Whatever. I'm I'm not getting into that. Let's talk. But I want to talk. Uh, God dig it. I lost my train of thought. I can't stop thinking about the yes of food. You were shot. getting into Timberlake. Can I say something? and missing. Yeah, go ahead, AB. I've enjoyed Furphy getting like crazy steal numbers in, these, in a couple of these games recently. He Did he have seven Baylor, against? Yes. Six against crazy. Baylor and three yesterday. And it just feels like, I mean, I'm sure that skill goes into it, but half of these are just like, what in the fuck is the opposition op- opposing team doing? I can't speak English right now. I'm exhausted. Just golfed, gassed. Um, but some of these are just like they just try and throw a pass, and he's like, "How did you not see this Australian white dude standing right here with floppy hair? What are we? What are we doing?" But it's, it's nice to see six deals, one game is banana land. Yes, yeah, so this just caught my eye. But like, okay, is I haven't of really thought of it. I haven't really. It thought of it this way this is rice burner <laughs> but <laughs> but uh god you guys suck nobody even knows what you're talking about uh <laughs> our issue is that our two and three aren't knockdown shooters so like you know i'm not a great basketball brain all the time if we had two shooters at two <laughs> and three would that help kj be a better fit next to hunter no yeah well a little bit. I mean, again, when Furphy was hitting threes consistently, it does kind of look a little bit better. But and I mean, Kev's I don't know that it changes it completely. Kev's still at thirty-five from three on the year. I know he's not like a deadly knockdown shooter, but he, uh, he he's got he's gone on a bad stretch. He was shooting it a lot better early in the year. I feel like Furphy's a knockdown shooter. No, for sure. But I'm worried about 
Do you guys worry about him like getting open and creating his own shot? Like I feel like he's kind of struggled to not only beat guys off the dribble, but when he does, he kind of he loses it um, going to the lane and then doesn't mm-hmm. finish a ton. So, but it's you, you can't put that much pressure on him like as mm-hmm. a fan because he is a he is a true freshman. We weren't supposed to expect this much out of him. I'm worried about him being a reliable scorer every night, but the thing with him is he's going to give you added bonuses outside of just scoring. Like he's going to crash the boards. Um, I feel like he's become a better defender. So do you guys trust him to score consistently the rest of the year? I just, I feel like he's a guy that you put an athlete on him and just face guard him. He's not going to get open and he's not going to beat you off the dribble. And I don't know if he's going to knock down like super contested jumpers. I just think he has to be your third option. Like he can't be, you can't just all of a sudden be like, all right, Furphy's got to lead this team in scoring in March. Like he's best when he's getting open shots because Hunter passed out of a double team or KJ, who is a good passer, which we haven't probably talked about enough, but like KJ finds him open. But yes, if if we're relying on Furphy to go score 15 a game, then this team's in massive amounts of trouble. Uh so, I don't know, but I well, do feel confident that he can be the third best option on the team and win you a game in March because he scores 20 points. Um, can I say something about the offense in general? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's an answer to this that smarter basketball minds have for me, but like, I feel like earlier in the year, we were so effective with Hunter going to screen for Juan or Kev or whoever rolls off of it and then whoever's handling the ball has KJ in the short corner or the guy Hunter rolling and one of them was always wide open and for whatever reason I feel like we don't see that as often I don't know if it's KJ feeling like he needs to be controlling the ball more often if the defense is just taking that away but getting KJ in the short corner we can take two steps and dunk or if they stay on KJ then Kev takes it all the way or Dewan takes it all the way or then Hunter's rolling too if they just played like three game like that I feel like that worked in non-conference consistently and I can't remember seeing it super often once conference play really started and I don't know if you guys have noticed that too but like I, I texted you guys or like against the Kentucky early in the year yeah. I was legitimately turned on watching that it's like beautiful basketball I gotta Hello, think teams are just I, I gotta think teams are just taking it away yeah like it can't be that simple to just like stop doing something that worked like something's going on but it's I've it been, also feels like in the flow of the game, it can probably happen a few more times than it has been, at least to keep them honest, because I feel like that's that almost solves the issue in a way of Hunter and KJ clogging together because they're on opposite sides of the paint. They're 15 feet away from each other when Hunter's on the left elbow and KJ's in the right short corner. That's enough spacing for those two. KJ's worked on his floater enough to where if someone's right there, he can just shoot it from 10 feet like – it just feels like something that will work. And I, I don't know. I'm sure it's, they're taking it away. I'm sure there's an answer. It's just something I noticed yesterday that was kind of frustrating. Get in the lab and watch film. Dude, Dude. who do you think like, I am? I, think, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about Rise point that he made earlier for like a while or all season. But he said we won all these games with El Marco in the starting lineup. But we didn't really have bench production at all then. We didn't really – we didn't even have Furphy. Now we have a guy in there that we're talking about going to the league that's better than El Marco. They, what, we lost how many non-con games? One? One, yeah. And they one. turned around the next day and beat a top-ten team. 
So I guess this brings me back to my friend, Mr. Bax up here, <gasps> who was pretty confident on this team starting what eight and oh in the league, seven and one. Dude, so I and I get it. Go 29 and two. No, I'm just, and I'm not even trying to shit on you at all. Please I'm just do. Trying, I I'm, because I'm still trying to talk myself into this team, but you were, you were at that point and we were at that point with El Marco starting and not contributing at all. And so I guess what has changed for you, or I guess what did you expect from this team at that point when we had only lost one non-con game? I think I was blinded by the each individual player's stats and the fact that they just won games more often uh, compared to how they truly fit together. And just seeing more evidence that I just genuinely don't think they fit as a starting five um, has made me lessen my uh, – enthusiasm and confidence in the boys because like we were saying earlier in the episode all five guys any of the five starters could transfer to any school in america and make them better i Mm -hmm. truly believe that like they're all really good basketball players but it doesn't like you know what's the saying the sum is better than the parts or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. some of all parts like those teams that the royals in 2015 the players they were fine they weren't anything special. Is there a hall of? Is there one Hall of Famer on those teams? On yeah. what Royals teams? The Royals two World Series teams. I don't think so. Unless no, Salvi ends up being right. Them. So it's like those teams weren't littered with. St- I mean, they had All Stars because the Royals broke the voting system. But in like the non All Star game term, they they weren't running out a bunch of stars out there. They just fit really right together. well together. Now I feel like we have a bunch of All Stars that don't fit together. It's like an All Star game or All Star team. Yeah. And, I'm looking at like I'm looking at the Tennessee box score right now. Like that's Jamari McDowell played 27 minutes that game, which I don't know how we didn't talk about that. But that was you're not getting much from Furphy. You got four points from El Marco. Dewan had five. That was like we go through non-con and lose one game, and that was still but, people were on Dewan's ass for not shooting. He wasn't shooting at all, and we still beat you beat Kentucky, UConn, Tennessee. But, like, here's the thing. You can go back and look at all those games from earlier in the year. So, Kentucky, we just made a couple more plays late in that game to win. Uh, but it was the Stars. I know, but it was Eastern Eastern Illinois. We had to win late in that game to to win that game. UConn, we, it was a coin flip game that, that we won. Indiana, we make late plays. Again, coin flip finish to that game. TCU, we get – lucky on a flagrant call and then all of a sudden it just flipped we lose a close game to UCF we uh lose a close game to West Virginia we lose a close game to Iowa State kind of Uh, we just stopped like but my point is that at the beginning of the year when El Marco was playing some of those coin flip games could have gone the other way and we would have probably been saying all the things we've been saying three months ago we just found ways to win and so I think that's my whole thing about this team is I I don't think we're ever going to be bought in that they're going to be some wagon that can go win four games in a row in the tournament by double digits. I think we know they're going to be a two or three seed and they're going to play in a bunch of single digit, you know, games that come down to the final two minutes and it'll just come down to can they execute and can they handle the pressure as well as they did early in this year. They just have not been doing that here lately. So how were you, I guess how were you feeling Saturday when they were down 11 with two minutes left? Did you think, here we go again, or did you still feel fine? Because I think at that point we had like 23 points. It was like 34-23. Oh, in, in the, the first, first half? half. I was yeah. like, 
Yeah. Uh, no, I was pretty, pretty worried. I was kind of, you know, feeling like they were almost quitting a little bit was how that first well, half I think, felt. I think maybe we have some momentum going forward. I know I said this earlier about the same, the same team, but they found a way to win one late and they're still not a hundred percent healthy. I think DeWan's yeah. still moving a little gingerly. And I'm thinking about the losses. Obviously, the Tech game, that was just perfect storm for Tech. They had a guy have 60 points. Like, I knew we were going to lose that game. Also, Chris, of that, Chris Reynolds made that schedule with us playing Baylor game day and then having to fly to Lubbock. Like, that's a Chris Reynolds special, 100%. Ooh, and I know, I know we've lost to some pretty shitty teams on the road, too. But, like, even the K-State game, yeah, I think we should have won that game. But that even felt like kind of a per- perfect storm for K-State. Like, we're coming off the best win of the year. Um, or we 48 hours later, Kevin was obviously hurt. Um, we just we, stinks, dude. We missed free throws. And I know it's just that's, it is their it is their Super Bowl. Like, not even trying to be an asshole KU fan, but they're gonna get up for that game. They had to win that game. Um, so like that game doesn't even really frustrate me. So I still I, maybe they're a big game, dude. Too, that game that I think sense. frustrates me more than anything now because they haven't won a game outside of us since when? Like mid January. Oh, they've lost six of seven. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they have. They haven't won a game in over a month besides the KU game. Like that's so bad. Just kidding. That's wrong. But since January 20th, <laughs> since that's, January 20th, that's a month. It's a month and, on uh, Tuesday. People are saying that we beat Baylor without Kevin McCuller. That's just that's, a rumor. I that's the point down. I've been wanting to make this whole pod be turned, and like we yeah. haven't really got to it. You've kind of hinted at it, but like if you just look at this team schedule and you say, okay, here in the last 15 days, they blew out Ken Palm's number one team, the best defensive country. They lose a road game at a rival, but then they also beat a top 10 team. Quite easily. I knew that game kind of got close late. And then they just won on the road against the top 25 team. Like, it's very funny to think how much we've been melting down. And in 15 days, they have two top 10 wins and a top 25 road win. And one of those top 10 wins came without an All-American. So, like. But they came at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to stick won. on this, baby. I'm just going to stick also, with it. Without it's not the same like, game. Without Kev. Going into the Baylor game, I think we were eight point favorites, and it dropped to yeah. like four. Once Kev was out, I didn't. I really didn't think we were going to win that game. I just I was struggling to see who was going to score for us. Um, but they still controlled it. I know it's Allen. God, Allen is such an advantage. Like, it's how much of a point it. advantage is it? A lot. Five. Yeah. I mean, we, Vegas would say like five, but I think in our minds it's fifteen. Can we change the NCAA tournament format to the best seed mm-hmm. plays at home? We should do that. Um, okay, here's. I was going to say something. What was I going to say? Oh, I have a random hypothetical. If we go into the Houston game, if we go into the Houston game and we don't have a chance to win the Big Twelve, <laughs> do we sit, guys? No, Bill will do, but not. He, hear me out. Why not? We're going to be because ten point underdogs. 
we were losing by 1,000 points to Texas Tech with Dewan Harris on a bum ankle, and he played the entire second half outside. Well, that was normal. I know, but what happened? What doing? What happened in 2015 at Oklahoma when we had a couple guys banged up and exhausted, and we had already clinched the conference? It's just like, all right, well, we'll sit these guys and move on. That's kind of focus on. We'll focus on Kansas City, and then getting blown out by Wichita State in three weeks. Alrighty. That's kind of where what happened when, when you first when you, <laughs> when you first brought up the question. The first thing that came to my mind is just it, I think it depends how banged up we might be. Like if you have a Kevin McCuller at 80, 90 percent or anyone on the team, I think you sit him. But if they're 100 percent, Bill's going to try to win because it could come down to seeding. Like if Lenardi has us as the last two seed. Yeah, I don't know. And that's. I guess Rye, you can you can answer his hypothetical or whatever, but I kind of have my own hypothetical going into that game as well. If you guys want to hear it, I have a rebuttal to your response to my rebuttal. Um, to your hypothetical, he, yeah. Here's here's my thought on it. What hurts KU's seeding chances more? Losing <laughs> at full strength to Houston by thirteen, or losing with backups and Kevin out, Dewan out. And lose them by 25 when it's very clear that we did not have our full. But here's the thing about the selection committee. We saw last year, week or last year, how dumb those guys are. I'm not even sure they would that. realize we had starters sure. out. They'd sure. be like, but wow. The, the other thing is 25? Four how seed. fucking confident were you guys when 100%. Houston lost in their regular their conference title game? I can't talk about it anymore. I won't do it. But my, my other side point is if we lose that Houston they game lost. regardless and then beat their ass at T-Mobile Center a week later, that game means nothing. A.B., I mean, this is the best question out there. Who's going to play if we sit our starters? Play Yankovic 40 minutes. I don't give a shit. Can you Yankovic? imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> Yankovic. Yeah, Weird Al, dude. That's um, like, a, that's like a porno name or something. It's my name. Um, <laughs> Yankovic. His dad was one of our coaches. Oh, thought he decided to go foreign on us or something. <laughs> he would. He'd be a lottery pick if his last name was Yankovic. Well, okay. Well, my now I have a, just a follow up questions about about language. So, what do you guys call what do you guys call number fifteen on the Denver Nuggets? Jokic. Jokic. That's where my mind was. <laughs> but we've known, like A.B. just said, we've it's known boring. this guy. This last name has been a part of Kansas basketball program for 20 years. And it's never been questioned that it was Jankovic. He's not from, like, he's not from Europe. That. that better be the first time. Okay, can I I think it's one because I've definitely said Jank before. So, hey, obviously, I think it's just like a random. Mikel Jankovic is the sickest NBA player. Oh, my ever. God. Number one overall can based I, off of man. Can I get to my hypothetical? And I'm very oh. pumped for you guys to talk about this and maybe the chat. Yeah. Only if it involves Jank. If we say we win the next four and we go into Houston, how much are we talking about potential one seed? I was because just you're thinking getting, that because you're yeah. getting a win, you're getting a really good in that scenario. You're getting a really good road win at Baylor. The home wins probably won't do much, but teams are going to lose. Just going into Houston, and you're probably playing for a tie for the, of the league. If you get if you have a share of the best league in the country, how much are you talking about one seed, especially when you have the Big Twelve tournament? 
The problem, I think, is, and AB, you're the bracketology expert, but like, I think <laughs> U- UConn has pretty much locked up a one seed. Purdue yes. has pretty much locked up a one seed. Yes. And in that scenario, that means Houston's only lost one game since. So they've now locked up a one seed. So then I guess, yeah, we are battling it out with. Uh, well, I'm t- in Arizona. this scenario, I'm saying that we're going into Houston back one game. So I'm saying know, Houston but... loses one before we play them. So I know, but still, take more than one loss. They but would like... only be at four losses. But we'd be at five. Year. We'd be oh, at six year. on the whole year and five in con- – I'm just – yeah, I mean – But if you share the league – But they also are And like- you sweep them. Well, guys, you're missing the most important part is that when Houston loses, it's only by like three or four points. And when we <laughs> lose to Texas Tech, it's by 29 points. So that's, that's, the, different, that's the difference maker. But um, so who's the fourth on the one line right now? Zona. And they so won by 128 points last night. Yeah, I don't think it would be us versus Houston for the one seed. I think it would be us trying to get that fourth one seed, which isn't out of the realm of possibilities. My favorite question of the year, boys, would you rather be the one seed in the West or the two seed in the Midwest? Let's do it, boys. We're almost here. Four weeks from today, we'll have a bracket. Thank you, John. I am getting full March mode right now. I've been checking Lenardi's Twitter a good amount. I've been checking uh, bracket predictions, so I'm definitely getting there. But I think it's realistic we win – at least three of the next four. I'm not going to give us Baylor, but if we do, and then we have a chance to play for a share, um, and then maybe it does come down to Kansas City because you're going to have to play, what, how many good teams to get to the championship? Two ranked teams probably to get to the championship? Yeah, I just – I that's the other problem with this team, and you talk about depth, but these (laughs) – Johnny? What's wrong with us tonight? We're speaking like children. Um, we are children. I, uh, I I do have a hard time believing this team with our uh, lack of bench production is going to have a – like I think it's going to be really difficult to win Thursday, Friday, and Saturday against three really good teams. So winning the Big 12 Someone else is going to have to, though. Yeah, I mean, Houston seems built for it, but I guess what would maybe I know we're so we're far away from it, but what would be like a potential path for Big Twelve? They put one title, out like today. who's the team that we could potentially play in the second round? I got so triggered looking at the if the Big Twelve tournament started today. Here's the bracket, and looking at the teams playing on Tuesday night, mind you, that we added that this year, we Wait. lost a fucking three of them. It pissed me off, <laughs> dude. We suck. I Our know. Losses are so bad. We I suck. Mean, it's I mean, we stuck boys. in the past. We should not. You cannot lose that UCF game. I give every other loss a pass. West Virginia's worse. They scored yeah, but games game wise, dude. I know. Like we were up a hundred points in the first half. But seeing West Virginia just Taco Fall trounced by everybody. Since I know. that game is just it's, driving it's me really nuts. annoying. And the worst part about that game, do you remember at half? This is very niche, and you guys probably won't remember. But do you remember at halftime and Johnny Dawkins was talking about his greatest memories as a coach, his best moments as a head coach? I <laughs> shit you not. His second favorite memory as a head coach was almost beating Duke in the tournament. <laughs> I thought of that game right and when they, the fall. Where right. his son, where his son missed a chip shot layup that would have won the game. Duke, Thank Duke, God, Duke that, didn't win at all. That Duke tournament run made me question a lot of fucking things in my life, man. Because they should have lost the UCF game. They should have lost the Virginia Tech game. Finally, January, February, Izzo got him, of course. But, like, I I was seri- I was seriously thought that Coach K was going to snake his way to another natty. Oh, 
It just can based you imagine, off how those were happening. Can you imagine that was a Ryan, great tournament. Ryan Reinhardt in 2022, the morning of the national title game, if it was Kansas Duke? Can you imagine get what would be going through his head and how he? I think I would have just if we lost to Duke in a national title and we get Coach K doing his little, you know, holding the trophy up. <laughs> this is about the guys. This is not about me. But hey, I'll keep the trophy. Like if we had seen all that, like <laughs> I would have just retired from being a college basketball yeah. fan. I would have never. Weird. I would have just. I would have just become imagine, like a. Like, yeah. I'd have so become like a car guy. Political. You, it guy. sounds like it sounds like you're saying that you hate when people try and claim oh, that boy. oh it's oh. not about me. It's about the guys. It's about the team. It's not about me. Praise feel praise makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> even though I crowned myself as the fucking king and the chosen one when I was a goddamn teenager. You want to tell everyone what you're talking about? Yeah, LeBron James is the biggest dork on planet Earth, man. Someone asked him if he was going to have a uh, what you call a farewell tour, and now now that I'm seeing the similarities between Coach K and LeBron, of course he's going to have a farewell tour. Of course yeah. he. Fucking him does. saying is a fifty ooh, fifty. Ooh, it's like fifty mm, fifty shot. Take... Bullshit. Anything's a fifty fifty shot if you want to be technical about it. It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. Fifty fifty. Um, shout out to White Riley Kyer. Riley Kyle can't speak. I'm just passionate about this dude. When I saw that quote, I genuinely was upset. I haven't felt upset about LeBron since COVID title. Here's the thing. What's I, the thing? I can't I wait to hear you try and defend him. I, but I'm not going to. When I say LeBron's the best basketball player of all time, I don't say, hey, LeBron's the best basketball player of all time, and he's also the least dorkiest basketball player of all time. I fully accept that LeBron says outrageous things, and it's what I said to you before we started recording. He's a guy that at age 16, everyone around him realized he was going to be a human ATM. Mm. They knew yeah. if I touch this kid, I will be a rich, rich man. Not that way. If I get in his circle, <laughs> I will be a rich, rich man. And so ever mm. since that day, this guy has never been told by anyone he's around that, mm -hmm. ah, LeBron, you shouldn't say that. Ah, LeBron, that kind of felt, you know, that sounds a little douchey. Oh, LeBron, ah. He's just been surrounded by yes men his entire adult life, and so he's gonna say outrageous quotes because nobody's around to be like LeBron. So you know you're not you're... wrong on this, but yeah, the having a million yes men in your life is getting constant praise. So you're telling me he's just been uncomfortable in his day to day life? <laughs> no, I'm saying the quote. Years? The quote was wrong. I mean, the quote. I agree with you that LeBron should get roasted for the quote. He's the most obvious praise guy of all time. I'm just saying, when you see a quote like that, and you're like, oh, i got to go talk to Ryan. Like, I think LeBron's this humble dude. I just think he's better at basketball than Michael Jordan. That's it. Well, I don't know about that. But um, <laughs> the other th – I had something, and I'm just on a lock right here, and I, I just forgot it. I just, I'm, I Dog on it. I know. I <laughs> if you want to talk more LeBron, we can, here. but I want to go over one last thing. Well, we I do – my last comment on him is that like five this tweet got brought up recently, but it was like five or six years ago. It was like LeBron's only 34 years old. This will all be over soon. And he's still fucking <laughs> you know, going. I think that guy which says a lot like in 2013. Yeah. And like that obviously adds to LeBron's legacy. I'm not trying to take away from that, but like good God, I'm just ready for it to be done. But <laughs> th there is an NBA problem though. Like who are the stars when C and Steph are gone and Durant are gone? Luca. Sure, but like yeah, no one knows bitch. who yeah, no one knows who like yeah I thought about is. that like too. all the stars are international dudes that none of us everyone obviously I know what brain I get it but like 
I don't know if he's going to carry a league. I don't know if SGA is going to carry a league. I don't know if Anthony Edwards is going to carry a league. Like, it, and maybe it's part of, but I guess that doesn't really make sense because LeBron came out of high school and Kobe came out of high school and all these guys. But like, it just feels like there's a big disconnect and the NBA is still going like, oh, NBA Saturday night, only thing on TV. We're going LeBron versus Steph. And it's the best game you'll ever see. It's fucking awesome. But isn't it, I mean, I know you said it, but I feel like Wimby has a shot to be that. Yeah. Like he, sure, yeah, he's the la- he's the first guy since LeBron that I think has been kind of put on that extra level. But I don't know. I don't pay enough attention. Is he even he's coming close to living unreal, up to it? Real dude. I mean, he's he, he had a triple double with blocks the other day. <laughs> okay, so he is like as good as advertised. They yeah. just suck so bad. Um, oh, yeah, I guess like the first name. This man's came- not playing in the league, boys. He ain't. He's not. Uh, he's starting at the two next year for the Lakers, brother. And I don't think it's going to be deserved. But LeBron's. You want to talk about yes men? LeBron's going to turn his his son, who should come off the bench in and, the Pac-12, into an NBA starter. It's going to be the most funny thing is, ever. Wait, well, is LeBron? What, is he actually leaving? No matter where Bronny goes, he does have a What's player option this said? year. He said he's I don't know. not sure in, if he's going to. So I don't sure see how. I saw something what he can do to get him to 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 the Lakers roster, dude. The, the, I read, and I don't know how true it is, but they said the Lakers are open to like exploring Bronny being on the team next year. Which, like, that obviously feels like you have to say, yeah. And then LeBron retires the next year, and then what if Bronny is just stinks, and you spin a first rounder on him? Well, the other thing, if you want to really criticize LeBron. It would be a flat-out mistake to let Bronny leave college and go to the NBA because I do think Bronny has an NBA career ahead of him if he could stay and just develop more. But if you take him there now and – I mean, just to say Bron can't play two years from now, though. He definitely can. I think so, he will. He could do that. Yeah. Let Bronny go back for his sophomore year when he transfers to KU for um, El Marco Jackson and – Mm. A Adidas, <laughs> Adidas wearer, Bronny James. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I guess I, Tatum came to mind, but I don't see it there. He's just young. Luca, yeah, he's 24. I thought Giannis and Joker, but they're and it's, it's around 30 years old. Guys, but no, but you're right. You're totally right. I'm I just trying to I don't know that like a uh, whole basis Shay? of like average – in, like I, I'm a very casual NBA fan, and I can recognize that Luke is awesome, and Jokic is awesome, and SGA is awesome, Anthony Edwards is awesome. I don't get like star power, like have to watch this guy when he's on TV, like I would get when Steph and the Warriors were awesome, or when LeBron and the Heat were playing against the Celtics or something like that. It felt a little bit different, and maybe we're just getting older and disconnecting from it a little bit, and. I don't know. It could be that, but I just don't have the, it, it feels a little bit different with the current stars, even though they might be just as good. I mean, statistically they're just as good. Well, I just, I think that you gotta have, well, I guess this will sound stupid, but like. Luka's only 24. You need Luka playing Jokic in the conference finals and you need yes. Luka playing Tatum in the final. Like you need those rivalries like LeBron and Steph and LeBron and the Celtics. And like, we just haven't, I guess Giannis and. Wait, who did the he Nuggets the beat Suns. in the finals? This year? Oh, the yeah, Nuggets like, beat the they beat the oh, Heat. Bam Adebayo yeah, is not like, the guy that's leading. Yeah, you know? and then you have the Nuggets beating uh or 
Giannis beating my God, the Suns. Phoenix, like that yeah. was before. Like they didn't really have the star power next to Giannis. So you just have who else was it? Warrior Celtics was in there mixed in. And that yeah. was probably the most exciting that was, it was to watch. Could, but I mean, like it could be Tatum just because they might come out of the East quite a bit. I know you got Milwaukee and stuff, but he's 25. I mean, it, That's the issue with Dallas, too. Is like, is Dallas gonna be a team that makes runs in the playoffs? You got two really good guards, him and Kyrie, but but hey, we might start getting into super team talk here in a few years with guys like Luca and like wanting out and things like that, which could change things. But yeah, rings matter a ton with your legacy. As, so as much as we joke about like the LeBron versus MJ debate and like you kind of need that stuff. You really like you're gonna go five to ten years in the NBA at a minimum without having a conversation about who the best player of all time is. Right. Well, and it's also the NBA is such like a dynasty-ridden league over the last 50 years. Like, if you go back, LeBron played in eight straight finals, seven? How many was it? A ton. Eight or nine. But, like, and that's, that's awesome. Right. But, like, I feel Lost like count. when you have – and Jordan played in six <laughs> of eight whenever he was in the league and – like yeah. you have got and Kobe played in four out of five, three out of whatever it was. You can go back even further, but like I feel like when guys are consistently in the finals, like you were kind of saying, when these guys need to go up against each other, it just adds to the legacy and adds to eight straight for Braun. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that is true. Like you need, I'm trying to think of what the best rivalry we could see is. I mean, Giannis and Wimby. If like, you know, Dude. I guess Giannis is getting up there now in age, kind of, isn't he? I mean, not really, but all things considered. Yeah, but like can you imagine like five like three out of the next five years you see Giannis versus Wemby, which isn't gonna 29. happen. But yeah, so I don't know. Maybe you need someone other than Giannis to be Wemby's like rival. But yeah, that's that's what you need. It just wow. NBA talk, boys. Um, it felt good. I haven't talked to NBA in a while. And I know, like, literally, I'm just out here slinging from the hip. I don't know anything about the NBA. Because, yeah. like you said, I LeBron going to West Coast was really a bad thing for me. Because I used to love watching those Cavs games that start at, like, 7 p.m. Like, that was great. Now it's, like, no chance am I staying up to watch the uh, Lakers on the West Coast. I was, I was just losing control laughing a little bit ago. Because who was the player that A.B. thought LeBron was going to get? And we were, he was like screaming Kawhi, in the car. Kawhi, Kawhi. <laughs> Literally had like a unhinged meltdown. Wouldn't speak to us because AB thought Kawhi was going to team up with Anthony Davis and LeBron. And like, I mean, it was the most mad I've ever seen AB in my entire life. Wouldn't speak to us. Just stopped talking. Got out of the car, shut the door, didn't say bye to us. It was crazy behavior. And it wasn't even official. I think we got tricked by like that fake LA insider kid who was like in high school. It was a tough time. It was a real tough time. I, and as mad as I was, I was even more excited when I woke up that one morning and he signed with the Clippers at like three in the morning. I texted you guys like, Fuck yeah, boys. We don't have to deal with this shit. But looking back, I shouldn't have been as upset because if Kawhi would have gone there, adds a lot of fuel to my hatred for LeBron. Adds a lot of, oh, super team Braun. Super team Braun. It was. It would have been was so dramatic. It was. He was yelling and then he just stopped talking. He shut the door and just slowly moped inside. 
It was like you guys, we, you guys went like to Austin's had... without me, and I was like, I just couldn't oh, even go oh. fathom to eat. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to dinner anymore. I was so <laughs> mad over a literally ended up being a just fake source guy. Oh boy, so funny. Um, okay. I don't know why I want to bring this up so badly, but I said this earlier and you guys kind of like seem to to not believe me. But like Iowa State's going to win the Big 12, boys. And I think they're going to do it potentially outright. So they're going to lose tomorrow at Houston. But then they get West Virginia at home at Hilton. That's a win. Then they get Iowa or then they get OU at Hilton. That's a win. Then they get on the road at UCF. That's probably a win, unless you're Kansas. Mm. Then you get BYU at Hilton. That's a win. And then you go to K-State, who, unless you're Kansas, again, is not beating Iowa State. You don't just walk into Bramlage Coliseum and expect a W. But either way, I kind of think Iowa State is for sure sharing the title. So let me ask you this. Where does Houston lose? That's the issue. I can't stop. I mean, last night I was in deep thought about who we need to win or who we need to lose, and I I think we literally need Iowa State to lose. Well, Houston has to go to Baylor. And to so OU. I, we think OU stinks, but it's on the road. I know. But we just need uh, we would just need Houston to lose one because then we go in there in the scenario we're hoping for one back, go in there with a chance to share the yeah. title. Like, is it weird that it's not even – I don't care about that much about winning the Big 12 title. I just want to have that feeling in the final week of thinking we could. And, like, imagine us on the pod be like, boys, Bill Self on the road with the Big 12 on the road on the line. Like, we're winning 100%. This is what Bill Self does. That's what I can't we do wait that. for that pod. We will do that. We will convince ourselves that we are going to go into Houston and win. We'll be nine-point underdogs, and we're going to be like, no, <laughs> Bill Self will do it. Uh, Remember when the streak was ending? Win that game. When the streak ended and we were going into that OU game, I think we were two back in the conference with two to play, and we're like, we just need to keep winning, boys. Just need to keep winning. Oh, that's true. We won um, at TCU in overtime. Just a bad, I think a bad TCU team, too. Mm-hmm. We were like, we're back. We're so back. <laughs> no. I was halfway we're- expecting that today on this episode from you guys. Pressure. To say that we're all the way back <laughs> to do one and team on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he was like tweeting us after, or someone. He like took it serious, it. dude. Yeah, he, he um, called you out. And then we recorded maybe the greatest episode we ever recorded. I also, I kind of already asked this, but if we do win the next four, how far up on the two line do we go on Lunardi's thing, Lunardi? Like, do we go to the first two seed? Do we go? That's why I'm saying, are we going to get our hopes up for a one if we're moving to like the fifth overall seed or the sixth? And you beat Houston at, at their place, and then you have Big Twelve tournament where you're going to play. If you do advance deep into that tournament, you're going to play two or three ranked teams. I just uh, one seed. Wait, you just said if we win at Houston? Yeah. I mean, if we win That's at what I'm Houston, saying. I think we're going to get a one seed. It, it, I thought earlier you said no because they had they hadn't lost as many games as us this year. Well, I was I, saying I, earlier, I'm saying that I think if that happens, four. I think Houston and KU would both get one seeds. I think. I guess what I was saying earlier is I don't think we can knock Houston off the one line unless they like lose three more here. But no, that's I, all I'm saying. Like, if we win the next four, where are we at on one seed talk? Like, are we gonna 
because we could be like the fifth or sixth overall seed. And then if we go into that game, what if we win? I, because you I would guess, sweep Houston. Yeah, I guess I think we'd probably be a one seed heading into the big. <clears throat> I think Houston would stay a one and we would be a one. Do you think that, AB? It's so early to tell. And I mean, Arizona, like, it's just so funny looking at other conferences, dude. Like, Arizona gets to play Joe Yesifu. Uh, They get to play Washington. They get to go to Arizona State, which I have no idea, but I think they're bad. They have Oregon at home. They have at the road at UCLA, who is so bad. And then they go to the Fighting Bronny Jameses to wrap up the season. Like, I don't know where Arizona is losing the rest of the season, but they've lost some stinkers, so you never know. Well, honestly, going back to last Selection Sunday, I don't know how much seeding matters, so. But I think think us, like, I think what does matter is the Selection Committee getting it right, whereas last year they clearly did not. And this may be the uh, conspiracy theory, not conspiracy theory, it's bad, wrong word. Uh, do we think the selection committee getting it so wrong last year led to one of the most uneventful tournaments in a long time? Like it sucks. That tournament I was, just was not fun. about the teams that made the final four last year. What seeds were they? Four, four. five, five, and nine. Like our I think Miami region. Huh? San Diego State was a five. UConn was a Florida four. Atlantic. Florida Good Atlantic four. was a nine, and Miami was a five. I believe. So it just, it made me think about how stinky college basketball is. Like if we don't, if our fans don't think KU can make a run, then yeah. And just don't watch the tournament. That's the thing. Way worse teams. We are going to probably, I think let's say we're a two seed. We're going to be a double digit favorite in our first round game, but on our second round game, it'll be a less than five point favorite. I bet. And then from there on out, everything will be coin flip games. So like if this team makes a run, it's just going to be from winning one possession games late. I think kind of like 2012. UConn was a four. Yeah. Four, five, five, nine. What was UConn on Ken Palm heading into the tournament? Didn't our region have three <clears throat> top 10 teams in Ken Palm? Dude, look, had two of, we were so mad. It was like, lo- it was like the season being over when that shit dropped. Yeah. It, it was went the from complete right, opposite well, of 2022. We got screwed on region. Maybe they'll give us a nice draw. Worst. <laughs> Arkansas. UConn. <laughs> Who was, was our two? two? UCLA was the two. Gonzaga was the three. I mean, it was oh, so my stacked, God. dude. That's the best region of all time. It really was. And that's why the tournament sucked, because all the good teams were in the one region. Well, how much does the tournament affect your ending Kinpom? Uh, rankings AB they finished at three offense seven defense UConn yeah I'm trying to find what they were pre-turning and this is just not working for me I love that we just ask AB questions like he is Ken Palm yeah (laughs) hey uh... you ever seen me and Ken Palm in the same room nope (laughs) that's what really sucked about the Arkansas game is I even if we won that game I felt like we were getting pumped the next week even though that would have been an electric um because it would have been UKU, UConn, Gonzaga, and UCLA, right? Yeah. All in the same venue in Vegas. Yeah, we ruined that. <laughs> we ruined that. Uh, God, what was I going to say? 
I have a question about the Natty. Is there a single team you guys feel comfortable saying could win the Natty? And I'm not saying this to like hype up KU because I don't think that, you know, obviously I think they could get hot and go on a run and win some close games. I'm not going to predict them to. I don't think it's likely, um, but I we'd be crazy to say it's not possible. Um, mm-hmm. But like if you go through that, there's, I feel like three fairly consistent top rated teams and it's Purdue, UConn and Houston. Purdue just lost to Ohio State who had to fire their coach this week. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, I Ohio, missed that. Ohio when did State that happen? This afternoon. Purdue, man, they're so. Funny. And that's that was a classic intern that's... coach bump. Um, but like, yeah. like I will never trust Purdue to go win a national championship. It's impossible to go back to back in a sixty-four or sixty-eight team single elimination tournament. So that's my issue with UConn. Houston still got to prove it to me, especially in the tournament. Even their Final Four run, this people talk Cup about soft cake. draws. Talk about a soft draws with them. It I is. tweeted this the other day. I got to find the tweet. It's yeah. crazy. It was bananas. That Houston's tournament run in 2021 when they went to the Final Four was the biggest joke I of a run I've ever seen I, in my entire life. I can't wait to read you this tweet. I tweet about it like probably once every six months. Wasn't it last year too? And they just kind of stunk the shit the bed in the game in I Kansas can't City? remember. Houston made the Final Four in 2021 without playing a single team ranked in the top 20 of the Ken of Ken Palm for an entire season. They made a final four run, didn't play a top 20 Ken Palm team, not just in the tournament, Quentin not Garns. just in conference play, the entire season. It's the biggest joke of a final four run you will ever mm-hmm. have. And I actually don't think it will ever happen again. There's just no way. And like, if just looking at it now, the moment they played one, they lost by a hundred points to Baylor in the final four. <laughs> Which Baylor was a wagon, but I think that started the uh, Houston's a fraud. Boy, did I enjoy our run in 2022. I didn't. Wouldn't recommend. I should never do that again. I would do. I was so terrified of Nova, and then Justin Moore was hurt. Obviously, we were. You don't want guys hurt, but it's like, oh Mm -hmm. my god. Do you guys think we're insufferable? Our fans. Yeah, or... us like us three, the fans, whatever. Where it's just like <laughs> that question. Like, we're we're talking about somebody just clip that. We're <laughs> think we're insufferable. It's the blunt ones. Um, but like we're just we. I tweet it every time we win a championship. The run that we're on as sports fans is just ridiculous. Oh. Like. So it's like we we hop on this pod. I guess this one's at us, but it's also <laughs> KU Twitter where they melt down over a regular season loss in Lubbock. But like, boys, we have it better than anyone else in the sports world right now. And every time a minor thing goes wrong, we act like the world's ending. And that's got to be annoying to the outside world. Because I know it was annoying when Boston was on that run with the Red Sox, Patriots, Brew and Celtics, they just kept winning every year. It was insufferable to watch them complain about whether it be officiating or whether it be a tough draw or a tough matchup or something not going their way. I would get very annoyed from the outside looking in. So do you, I guess, to answer your question, Brayden, are we all insufferable? Yeah, it kind of of makes me think about when you brought up Boston, it makes me think about like the game at Arrowhead where we pumped them in the regular season on Mm -hmm. Monday night. And the next day, the articles are like, is Tom Brady done? Blah, blah, blah. Like that happened so many times throughout his career where they would lose a regular season game. And it kind of brings me back to the Chiefs this year where in the regular season, our fans are just losing it after every game, every loss. 
Um, the Bills game, like the Raiders game was the worst by far. And I obviously was worried after that one too. But yeah, after losing regular season games, like a 17-game season where the stakes aren't very high, like, yeah, seeding matters, but you just got to get in. That was always yeah. Brady's thing, like just get in, give ourselves a chance, and then you have as good a shot as anyone. So, yeah, I think both fan bases have gotten insanely spoiled. And I was thinking about it last night. Like, if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, how would I feel about Chiefs fans? And, no. I mean, <laughs> I what I love about it is that we knew this would happen, but, like, everyone hates the Chiefs. Everyone hates, like – the way we've dealt with KU basketball being thought of as, oh, they get all the call. Like, we dominated the Big 12, and all of a sudden it became a ref conspiracy theory thing. Like, oh, Kansas, the refs are on their side, which don't understand why that would make any sense. And now, right. best, obviously, the Chiefs stuff has been hilarious because, again, I think you both Hold pointed on. this out, but, like, the NFL does not need Kansas City being the top market, or like the top, most talked about team in the in, in the league. It's not what they want. So it's it's hilarious. But I will say this, A.B., when it comes to being insufferable or not, yes, people are going to find this region of the country insufferable right now. But it's also just like anything else in life. You you make more money, you want more money. You win more championships, you want more championships. Your expectations go way up. So now you don't watch a Chiefs game like you did in the early – like. 10 years ago being like, man, I would love to get to a conference championship game. Like just get to a, go win a home game no, in, for sure. in the playoffs. So like now it's like when you're seeing the meltdown in the regular season, I don't think people are really melting down and same with KU basketball. We're not melting down because KU lost that game. I think a lot of times we're melting down because we're like telling ourselves that we can't go then win a national title. I think that's how I am at least. Yeah. I'm actually like a child. It's just something that I noticed on Monday. We're literally 24 hours removed from winning a Super Bowl. Third, four years. Third and five years, excuse me. Um, and the same people that were pumped about it on Twitter that Sunday were just – it was almost like they were suicidal on Monday watching that game. Regular season game. Yeah. Um, I had one more thing. Oh, just a random nugget, and I think this is true. Fact check me. Is it five years in a row that we've either had – a Chiefs Super Bowl appearance or a KU national championship run. I believe so I'm it. thinking like so 2019 20 won the Super Bowl. 2020 2021 went to the Super Bowl. 2021 lost 2022 to lost to Cincy, but won the national championship and then went to the last two, won the last two Super Bowls. That's <laughs> so just a, you, that is an outrageous run for us boys. And then even factor in the Royals into that. Oh and, yeah, no, it's a crazy Crazy stretch. You could even sneak 2012 Kansas into there too. So, like, that's a national title game. 2014. 2020. Yeah. Mm. That's actually the most painful thing that's probably happened to us, though. So, that's 2018. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back to 2018, we've either been in a conference championship or a final four. We're just in the mix, as they say. We're just always in the mix. It's a joke of a fucking thing, dude. Yeah, we're going to be so miserable when Bill Self and Patrick Mahomes retire. Yeah, but we're going to have, like, kids and shit. Like, we're just going to – I guess people in here, I guess you continue to be diehard fans. I know people in here have kids, but, like – We're going to have sex. I just kind of think that – Can't wait for that experience for the first time, boys. I just know – like, my brother has kids, and he's just, like, does not care about sports at all. Hardly. You're not – Was he, worse. Was he like you, sure. pre-kids? 
Uh, no, he kind of lost it. Like even back when he got, I don't, I don't know. Maybe like when he got married, he even lost interest. Whereas like, I've definitely, we've all talked about how we watch way less college basketball as we've gotten older, but like I NBA, I don't watch any of that. Cause I got it. Like you got to pick your battles. You can't be like, Hey, I'm watching. Oh. We're going to every KU game. We're watching every KU game. We're watching the big college basketball games. I can't be like, oh, also we're watching NBA on right. Friday there's, night. There's only so many times you can pull the, oh, this is a really big game. You can only pull that card <laughs> yeah. so many times. And yeah. for KU, it appears to be every single one. So it's I just I feel like I like that. five years ago or so or however long, like there's no way we would miss watching like a Duke North Carolina game. I know. Now I'm just like going about my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is. Like Duke UNC, biggest rivalry in the sport. There's no way. We, I but don't also Shire. No, I mean Shire and Hubert just ain't doing it for me. I also think COVID kind of ruined that a little bit because we lived for four months without a single sporting event, and we kind of just got used to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least for me, like honestly, pre-COVID, I I couldn't go one day without watching sports. Also, now, regardless, I'm going to follow it on Twitter. I'm going to see things that happen. I go many days in a week without watching a game. Yeah. I also think our attention spans have just gotten so bad that, like, I'm like, mm, I'll watch a YouTube video instead of watching sports yeah, right no, now. Or sure. I'll watch TikTok because I need a new dopamine hit every 30 seconds. I can't mm-hmm. sit around and watch it. <laughs> Two-hour basketball game? No shit. Speaking of uh, – I don't even know if attention span ties into this. Why Why can't the men's league – Double. Why? why? Can't, Three. Why can't the Four. old NCAA Men's Basketball Association just copy women's basketball? I, I watched a 30-second clip on Twitter this morning of the end of the Oregon State-UCLA game. There were four straight scoring possessions in the final 20 seconds. You know why? Because they just advance the ball after timeouts, and it keeps the games oh. alive. And they play four quarters instead of two halves. It's and it's only... like it's the same organization making the rules. They're playing the same sport. Like, why can they not do that? It just it's doesn't the only basketball sense. league in the world that does halves. Yeah, and not quarters. It's, it's insane. And then you're in the you're in the bonus for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why can't you advance the ball? Right, What's and it's like the NCAA clearly is open to it if they've done it for the women's game. Is yeah, the women's and, game sneaky and, in a better spot than the men's game? <laughs> Hot, healthy debate, boys. If because they keep bringing Kaylin Clark through. I mean, Kaylin Clark is bigger than any best ever men's basketball player, college player has been yeah. in like I don't even know how long. <laughs> why? Boy. Why is why is the old KU alum Lynette? Why does she not get any credit for a scoring record? What's the actual reasoning behind that? Was it not NCAA yet? Was it not like? Uh, somebody wrote an article about this, and I did not read it. But it just it just bothered me. I like when KU gets their dick sucked, and I figured they might for a little bit with all the Caitlin Clark stuff and make you feel good about something. But it's like no one knows because old dick sucking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> also, she did it without three pointers, didn't she? Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, Caitlin Clark is truly. Oh yeah, not trying to take away anything from her. Yeah. I'm just like well. Don't go Jay Williams over here. God, that guy. Dork. And who was who was the lady on the podcast that was like oh, discrediting Caitlin Clark? Who just oh, got it all wrong? Oh, she's like, well, the, the extra COVID year, the extra COVID year is when <laughs> Caitlin Clark has done it. And then you look, and she's like, well, 
She hasn't used an extra COVID ear. She's oh. doing it in fewer games. It's like, what the fuck are we know. talking about? <laughs> it was like a two-minute rant where she was so confident and no one called her out on it. Like so she was Jay Williams wrong on pretty everything. much said that because she hasn't won a title. Yeah. yeah. like To I'm not just... label her great in a one-and-done format at my, Iowa. My at mind Iowa. went to Kenny Smith. Yeah. When there's multiple like women's um, <laughs> programs that just run. Yeah. Like Women's Caitlin Clark could have South gone Carolina, to UConn, UConn and probably w- never lost a game in four years. Or, like, mm-hmm. if it she would have just followed the route, like, I know Tarasi did that. Like, she went, and then Maya Moore, like, they – wow, boys. NBA, women's basketball, <laughs> we are doing it all tonight. All-inclusive, baby. Yeah, but <laughs> I uh, – Caitlin Clark going to Iowa, which I would argue Iowa is the most boring major basketball, like, brand out You're going to upset us. Time. A very good friend of yours. I know, but he'll be all right. He definitely doesn't listen. Um, That's fine. Caitlin Clark's electric. I love watching. I I would rat like, if I have the choice, if it's Iowa women's basketball playing in a big game, or I could watch, like, Tennessee, Auburn, and men's basketball, I'm 100% picking Caitlin Clark, which would have never happened back in the day. Mm-hmm. So... Shout out um, Kenny Clark. But yeah, Jay Williams, absolute idiot. I don't know. I just went on a rant without. Someone said thoughts on dunk contests last night. I thought the judges stunk. Mac McClung is electric. I thought pretty much every dunk was a 50 to me. Um, I don't know how Jalen some of Jalen Brown's dunks were rated higher, but Dude. I don't know how to change the dunk contest. I guess you can get current players that are kind of with the shit. Um, I don't know. It was weird. Like, they were talking about Gary Payton being strict before it even started. And yeah, I I, some of his scores stunk. Dude, Jacob but, Toppin had like the second best dunk of the night and it got a 47. He didn't make the second round. So, yeah, All-Star weekend. It almost, I mean, yeah, it's an accomplishment to be an All-Star, but it almost feels pointless at this point. It like, just sucks. <laughs> Jalen no Brown one wants did to do not, the dunk contest. And Jalen Brown did not help the cause of getting st- – Stars to do the dunk contest because he just got absolutely roasted. But and made the final. But he shouldn't have. Like he was bad. Everything he did was just ugh, snooze fest. And yeah, someone just brought up Kenny Smith, but good lord, he was loaded. Jesus, that was weird. He was it bad was last night. And I didn't watch a second. Sabrina chose to shoot from the NBA line. It's not like they forced her to do that. And she still balled. Like I thought she could have she- won. She put up the same number that Lillard did who won the three-point contest. That, like, in the first round of the normal contest, tw- like, three or four guys had 26. Yeah. I think four guys because they had a shoot-off. So she literally did what all those guys did from the line. But he's trying to say, like, since the ball is lighter, she's using a women's ball, she should shoot from the woman's line. Like, I thought she did as well as she could. I think she could have shot from the women's line and still put up 26, which would still be a good score. I just, I don't, the thing about like the Jay Williams thing and the Cheryl Swoops, the Cheryl Swoops thing is like, and we are guilty of it. Podcasts being so easy to make has allowed a lot of microphones to be put in idiots faces. Yeah. And it's dangerous. It is dangerous, but at least we know that we are idiots. Um, (laughs) That's actually been on my mind a lot recently. Like the whole, like any, no, seriously, I'm dead serious. Like anyone 
And not only the fact that anyone can have an opinion, it feels like everyone thinks they need to have opinion on every single thing that happens. And it's like, not to get too, because I'm not like a journalism freak or anything. I don't really care that much. But it's like, we wonder why there's so much fake shit that flies around and rumors in this like yeah. discourse of everything's rigged or everyone always has an issue with something or this is wrong or this guy's not very good or this guy's awesome and he's really not it's just like well that yeah it's it's a disaster currently and i don't see a way that it's going to get any better at all yeah because people like with importance say something and then people run with it like it's gospel like they think that's that's what it is and then they say it other people start to say it that's why like like even jalen brown he was wearing the left glove last night that became a thing all over social media jalen brown stings you can't dribble with his left hand he's a fucking all-star and a really good (laughs) basketball player so like people say this shit about athletes and then it's just like it constantly goes on for months that this Mm -hmm. athlete stinks and they can't do this. Like just because someone with importance or a blue check or something says something and then they run with it. Like it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like the biggest example is Brock Purdy in my mind, because if, and I know Nick Wright said a lot of the same stuff, but like, does anyone actually think Brock Purdy sucks at football? No. And it's like, I see people all the time. They're like, Oh, why are you discrediting Brock Purdy? Why are you doing this? It's like, I think he's fine. I think he does what that team needs. I also can say that I don't think he's a top five fucking MVP candidate in football. Like we have, like just because I don't think he's one of the five most valuable players in the sport doesn't mean I think he's incapable of leading a team to conference championships with a chance to win the Super Bowl. Like it's like people completely forget the middle ground, and it's like, well, if you don't think he's the MVP of the league, you must think he sucks and doesn't deserve to be alive. And it's it's just so it happens with every sport. Every it doesn't even have to be sports, political, business, television. Well, it's just yeah. it's just and so draining, and it makes me like frustrated when I get on Twitter because now I have to in the for you page is ruined my hey, life. I got a great ruined. tip for you. I got a great tip for you when it comes to Twitter. I'll tell you about it in a second. But like okay, you were saying, you. the Jay Williams thing is just like why did why was there even a discussion around whether or not uh caitlin clark is great everyone in the world agrees that caitlin clark is great it is so stupid that that was even a clip like why are we even discussing things and we have to and it's the classic skip bayless thing right like Mm -hmm. it's just that's what gets and i would bet the most viewed clip from game day this weekend was jay williams saying that so that's That's why it's gotten sad that's but what it's, it's like, oh, to. my God, what are we debating who we would all agree is the most exciting women's basketball player we've ever watched, if she's great or not, and she's 22 years old. Like, oh, it's so stupid. It's all so stupid. That's but what maybe, it's come to, bro. Yeah, like, ahead, hot takes and just clicks, and it's sad. And it probably has to do with, like you guys said, how many podcasts there are. Like, you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff, but if you can put together a clip of you firing off a hot take, kind of like – will compton does with the chiefs like all year long and then people fall for it and he gets attention like me it triggers me i don't know why but that's literally what what it's coming to is hot takes and clicks like for you to get listens or for you to get attention so i i just think it's sad like i think people should be authentic genuine but i guess at the same time i get it because it works Oh yeah. Yeah. And I I think all, I I know I am, I'm sure you got, we could find examples of all three of us. We're kind of guilty of doing the same thing sometimes. Now we're openly saying we're dumbasses and idiots, but 
to act like I don't have a take that I want I mean, to believe that I go into it. Like when I said K-State wasn't winning a game in February last year, yeah, that might have been a little bit of a, a reaction <laughs> to get some reaction from people. I, I do that a lot. But I think overall, as a whole, we're a very, very, very small pebble in this whole conversation. But yeah. when it gets to like bigger names and people that have built such a big following that just don't know what they're talking about, it's like, yeah, I don't know. But here's my advice on the Twitter for you page and the thing. And I got to go after this. And I think we should probably just wrap this up. Yeah. We're still I, holding strong on listeners, though. I know. I was getting so frustrated at the fact that I could not get on. I hate how it auto takes you to for you. And I'm like, I'm so sick of my for you page being filled with KUK state fans arguing stupid political stuff. Like, so what I did, and I don't know if it'll fully work. I just did it last week. So it's only been a few days now. I went and just created like a, a separate Twitter account that will, ne I'll never tweet from it. I will never do anything. Burner account, Rob. Yeah, I, I literally have a burner <laughs> account. I'll, I literally have a burner account. But what I did is I then just like, it like refreshes your, your whole algorithm. It doesn't know that I'm a KUK state. Like I'm in that ecosystem. It doesn't know uh all like the other things follow on it well like then it so it just up. it allows you to restart and kind of like what are you it asks you like what are you interested in you can put sports you can put college basketball you can put business finance so like i did all that side of things because sometimes <clears throat> i just wanted to get on twitter and not stare at uh special team like ksu burner versus ku burner screaming at each other like i just can't i can't oh. do that and well, so that's it's not a bad idea. I applaud you for it because it's you know honestly, like I'm sure getting on Twitter is a much better experience for you right now. Yeah. But I will say, even though I get annoyed with the for you page eight out of ten times, I saw a tweet last night where it was a picture of Sydney Sweeney and someone quoted it and said <laughs> the guy said Fart? if she if she farted in my no. car, I'd roll the windows up. And it was so like like I can't pass up those gyms and there's multiple. Oh, of them I'm every not day. done with Twitter. All right. Oh, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm that leaving. Was awesome. Why did I, that upset you so much? I that, just, that we're so, he doesn't like farts, dude. We're so off the rails. We're One so off the rails. Go ahead. Is this not the most fuckable piece of clothing in the history of the world? Oh my god. This, like this is gonna get pulled from YouTube. People cuss all the time. I don't know. Like Christopher Wallace. Yeah. Hmm. My guy. Um God, what was I? Oh yeah, it was it was pretty miserable this week with the stuff that <laughs> happened in Kansas City. So it's like I yeah, Jesus. I don't even know, dude. It just comes down to like politics and conspiracy theories. And it's just like, dude, I really don't want to see it. Like just say you're thinking praying about the stuff that this to the families that this happened to. Don't bring in conspiracies and just jump to conclusions and i don't know dude it's just crazy like because people like people were already sending pictures of like who might have been involved and then people are like running with it and like saying it was a terrorist attack and all this stuff it's like just let the facts come out lord man but that's the thing everyone's got opinions everyone's got takes everyone's got whether they're sports political whatever it's just i don't trust humanity enough to fucking not be stupid and not come up with these dumb narratives and spread them like crazy and a lot of these accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers that all are believing everything they say and it's we don't have to get too deep in i can go all night but like yeah yeah i gotta go eat dinner
I wasn't actually leaving because of your Sydney Sweeney tweet. I just really want to leave and get dinner because I'm hungry. It is eight. It is eight p.m. and we've gone like for an great... hour and forty five minutes. Yeah. Sorry, your friend wants her to fart on him. Dude. All right. Well. <laughs> thank you. He said, "Dude, thank you all for listening." Uh, again. The fact that we held pretty strong on listens this entire time is hilarious. I don't subscribe. know why people listen to this, but subscribe. We yeah, this is, say that this is the like 15 episodes in a row where we end yeah. the episode and we're like, well, we should have said subscribe at the beginning. And then we, wait. Yeah. we just always forget we're dummies. Yeah. Hey, so chat next episode, get in the comments and start spamming it with the word subscribe. So I remember to remind you everyone at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If All you're right, anything well, like us, you'll forget until we mention it at the end. Yes. Sounds good. All right, boys. This was a blast. Thank you all for listening. We will see you maybe midweek. I don't know. Going to be weird. No KU game. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, that's it. Rock Chalk. Oh, um, do I click in?